Hello, 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 and welcome back into another episode of the Campus Visit Podcast. I'm your host, Devi Matt, Matt Jackson. You guys can find me on Twitter at that Devi Matt. Great to be back with you guys. Excited to be back talking more Devi fantasy football, talking more outside the top 100 prospects and freshman breakdowns, but I can't do that by myself. Um, time to bring in my co-host, the man who needs no introduction, the man who did it by himself last week, Adam Lewis, man. Adam, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing all right, brother. Mid mid mission last week, but we were all right, you know. I uh, tried to do it. Tried to do it. I don't. I don't think I did us justice. But uh, glad we're back together, and uh, look forward to this week, man. Glad you're back, man. I'm glad to be back in it too. People don't realize how hard it is to do a solo podcast by yourself. No. I mean, getting two or three people, you can bounce off of each other, but man, getting one podcast out there by yourself. I I say it all the time on my Patreon, man. It's hard to get out there and do one podcast. So. You, I mean, I listened to it. You did a really good job. I mean, it was it, it was a solid it was a solid job. So don't beat yourself up, man. I really I really enjoyed that podcast. But how I, I, I had Kane I had Kane cut up a, a few things. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff that didn't make it air. <laughs> so man, how was how was your holidays? How's your uh, your bowl game bowl game watching going? How, how's everything going these last few weekends? Oh uh, man, holiday was holiday was actually good. It was it was nice. You know, got to spend. A, so the family uh, got to watch, you know, just, uh, watch uh, a bunch of bowl games. Um, I was not surprised with the result of the Gator game, uh, knowing what I knew going into that game. Uh, sadly, it results in a bunch of UCF fans um, thinking that they, you know, are, are champions of Florida, but it is what it is. <laughs> but, Look, you uh, got a new coaching staff, a new regime, and everything. You guys are on the up. Up, up and Adams now. People don't people know what's coming. Well, you know, on top of that, man, I mean, not a lot of people know, but look, you know, you get 15 bowl practices with um, with exams and things. They had about 10 that they could do. And uh, this current staff, well, the staff that was still in place uh, had four and they weren't, uh, let's say, run like real practices. Um, and when these kids got down to uh, Tampa, Everybody had some fun. Um, I wasn't expecting a win, is, is what I'll, I'll just all say. <laughs> I'll tell you what, myself, I went to the uh, Duke's Mayo Bowl to watch Sam Howell and the Carolina Tar Heels. And that kind of brings up, we haven't done one of these in a long time, the question of the week. So I thought I would bring that back in and ask you my, my question of the week. We got into a spirit of debate at my in-law's house um, about this topic, so I want I want you to throw your your cast cast your vote in the ring, so to say. So, are you a mayonnaise guy or are you a Miracle Whip guy? Oh, that's why wow, you, you guys get in the debate. That. You know, what's funny is I grew up a straight Miracle Whip guy. Like my my, my mom just had that. That's what we did. But uh, I found myself um, over the last. God, man, probably ten years being just regular mayo. You know what? I think it started with started to be poor in college and it was cheaper. Uh, <laughs> I just went with it. But growing up, you know, even though we weren't we weren't rich, I'll tell you that my uh, uh, my mom uh, you know had Miracle Whip around the house, and that was her thing. And she hates mayo; she only eats Miracle Whip. Me, I, you know, I, I didn't see a huge difference. Uh, but yeah, no, we're mayo now. But uh, yeah, we were we were Miracle Whip back in the day. See, that's a trick question um, because I know Kane's going to get at me for this, but I <laughs> so it's it's a trick question. They're both disgusting. 
So, um, Kane, you can come at me for that in the Twitter group chat or whatever you, you feel. So, so. In the Discord. He's going to come at you in the Discord. Discord. If you guys are not in the Discord, get in there and you can all jump after me. And the free Discord that we're now doing on the uh, Debbie Marketplace. So make sure you get into that. Um, diving in to tonight's show. Uh, we're going to break down some some of the weekend recap before we dive into the outside the top 100, as we always do. Um, first off, that we're going to talk about adding the national title game is set. And are we surprised at, at who's in the national championship game? I mean, Alabama, Georgia, we all kind of saw this coming, right? Alabama didn't exactly put on the performance that I thought they were going to put on against Cincinnati. They didn't come out guns blazing, slinging the ball around. I mean, it was the Brian Robinson show for Alabama. And I kind of tweeted it out and, and thought, you know, if Brian Robinson is doing that, just take Brian Robinson and plug Jameer Gibbs in there and just imagine what Jameer Gibbs is going to do in that backfield. And I think we got a healthy taste of what Jameer Gibbs is going to do next year. Um, I, I don't see really the the hype around Desmond Ritter at all. No, everybody's hyping him up as a first round quarterback. I don't see it. He's a, he's a day two guy to me. I'm not touching him in the first round if I'm an NFL organization. He just got too much stuff that I just don't like. I mean, people want to talk about the ball zips out of his hand. He's not accurate when, when he throws the ball. He he's not he doesn't push the ball downfield. He takes too many dink and dunk passes. I mean, he doesn't do the things that I want a quarterback to do. Um, so I'm not surprised Alabama won. Georgia, I mean, Georgia, what 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 is it off to say? I know you don't you don't like him. You're a Florida fan, but I mean Michigan. I, I love to see Michigan go down as an Ohio State fan. Michigan couldn't keep up with Georgia. Um, love to see it. Hate hate it for all the Michigan fans. You guys had a phenomenal season, and I do mean that from the bottom of my heart. Michigan had a phenomenal season this year. They really did. But, I mean, the title game set. Um, give me what what initial thoughts, final thoughts on this. Give me a score prediction. Alabama, Georgia, who's your national champion this year? So, let's start back with at the beginning. Am I, am I surprised at who's there? No, um, not at all. Uh, I, I, and you know what? When we started this podcast week one, we talked about the time. Is there a dominant program uh, and, and team, and we, we talked about Georgia at the time, right? Um, and Alabama had its flaws, but it has continued to get better. And I said back then that I thought the best person who could give Georgia a run for their money was Ohio State. Unfortunately, they, they just crapped the bed against Michigan. I don't believe they played their best game. I don't believe Michigan was a better team. I believe Ohio State was. I think it was a bad game. Um, and, and I think that that showed up when they played Utah, who's a really good team, and you saw what they, they could do, even down players. Uh, so, no, I'm not surprised at all. I expected Georgia to, to beat Michigan, and I expected them to beat them handily, to be honest. Um, as far as Alabama, I expected them to beat Cincinnati, expected them to beat them handily. And actually, it's funny, you know, a lot of people said they weren't impressed with, with, with Alabama. Um, I think that they were impressive. Um, when you look at that game, it was nowhere near as close as that as that that score indicated. Okay, at halftime, a Saban for some reason didn't go for it on the one yard line, and if he does, we know Brian Robinson punches that in. That's four more points. They miss a field goal. Okay, at halftime, Cincinnati had ninety something yards, and sixty something of them came on one drive. Alabama dominated them, and when we look at at, at the offense. Alabama said one thing, we don't have to throw the ball. We're going to run you over. We're going to use our trenches because we are bigger, we are stronger, we are faster, and we're just going to do this. And 
In part, though, they did respect what we all know is that Cincinnati does have a very good secondary, right? So what they said was, let me, instead of attacking your secondary, just beat the crap out of you up front. You saw Brian Robinson, eight yards, nine yards, 11 yards, just running people over. They're big defensive tackles. Anybody who it was, Robinson just did what he needed to do. That's what good teams do is they figure out your flaw. They just dominate. And they say, you know what? I don't need my Heisman winner to go throw out 500 yards and six touchdowns, right? That's what they did. And they didn't need to, and they didn't need to go up against that secondary. What they did against Georgia in the SEC title game is they threw the ball a lot. Why? Because Georgia's secondary is not very good, and that's coming from Kirby Smart himself. So it'll be interesting to see when they come back how they handle what's going on. Obviously, you know, I, I, you know, Alabama did have that an injury in the offensive line. They kind of shoveled some guys around, but they didn't give up a sack in the SEC title game. That'll be interesting to see um, how that goes. They wore them out, and they wore them out quickly by running pace. And I am interested to see if Georgia can make adjustments and then what Saban does anticipating adjustments, obviously, from Kirby Smart, right? Um, but I think you run the pace, um, and I think you can run them out, and I, I don't think the secondary is good enough. Even with Mechie out, they've got still a bunch of other weapons um, that, that, that can get out there. So I'm not surprised by who's there, um, and I, I think that you do have the two best teams. And I, for me, I think Alabama wins it. I think it's closer than uh, than it was last time. If I had to give a score prediction, I'd probably do something like 31-24 Alabama. I think what's interesting is Alabama's proven all season they can beat you through the air, right? Well, what they did in the SEC title game um, and then what they did in, in the bowl game, especially, they proved that they can beat you on the ground in the trenches. And that's super important. I mean – that just that all all around dynamic team that they just weren't in the beginning of the season that they've proven that they can be now. So it's going to be an interesting game. I'm going to say it's probably going to be closer to 34-24, 34-21, something like that. But I definitely like that call. Um, moving on, you talked about the Ohio State Buckeyes. And, man, what a performance in the bowl game versus Jackson Smith and Jigma, man. You you talk about going in and, and breaking all sorts of Ohio State records. Um, finishes the game with 15 receptions for 347 yards, three touchdowns, finishes just short, I believe, of the single game. Um, was it reception yardage record? Um, just a few yards short of that. Um, finishes the season with 95 receptions for 1,606 yards, nine touchdowns. We've got a, We've got an interesting debate now in our hands that I feel like we're going to be talking about all season. Jackson Smith and Jigba versus Kayshawn Boutte. And – what a debate that's going to be. And I'm just going to start this off by saying both of these guys are good. Whichever guy is your preference, I'm not going to sit here and argue that one guy is better than the other because they're both phenomenal wide receivers. But given what we saw out of out of JSN, what we've seen out of Keishon Boutte um, pre-injury, which one are you taking right now? I'd still take Boutte. Um, you know, and part of it is uh, look who's throwing them the ball so far, right? Uh, CJ Stroud is, is, is throwing Jackson the ball and, uh, you know, Boutte had, you know, Max Johnson, who I think is, is a solid quarterback and, and maybe could end up getting better, um, and, and, and get drafted decently. Um, but Stroud, I have Stroud better than ranked higher than, than Bryce Young. Um, I think Stroud is more talented. I think Stroud's the better quarterback. Um, and you know, Stroud was there and it was, it was throwing, 
uh, just dimes. Uh, now, he also threw short, and Jackson just took it to the house. So let's not take anything away from him. But if we're looking at the two of them, I think you're, you're, you are looking at a 1A, 1B thing, kind of like I have with Bijan and, J- and Jameer Gibbs, right? I don't, like you said before, I don't think you can go wrong with either guy. Um, but if it's me, I'm still taking Butte as, you know, over Jackson, but it's extremely close. Um, and I couldn't fault anybody for either one. Um, you know, I will give credit to, uh, I'll tell you what, Brad McDaniel for on Jackson because he was on him early and told me a long time ago. And, uh, I didn't, I didn't listen well enough to get enough shares of him in my leagues. I'll tell you that much. Uh, where I want him, uh, but no, he put on a, he put on a, a display, um, and, and kid's just phenomenal receiver. And uh, but you know what, you know who else impressed me was Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, I think he, you know, it's crazy is Jackson did so well that I think that we didn't focus as much on Marvin Harrison when you're watching the game. And I thought Marvin Harrison made some great plays, some great routes. Um, they really need these guys to step up with both Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave out. Um, and they both did. Um, and they just dominated. But yeah, uh, as to the original, you know, the original question, yeah, I would take Boutte. It'd be, you know, be close, but I don't think you can go wrong either way. But when you're looking at, um, you're looking at the guys, you know, I think Harrison showed out too as well. I think people should look at him. I'm going to break this down in a few points. Um, starting off with JSN versus Kayshawn Boutte, I'm still taking Boutte. I think there's something to be said about a guy that is his team's leading receiver um, still on the team, and he hasn't played since week five of the college football season. There's something to be said about that. Um, Market share, dominator rating, breakout age. I mean, he's got it all. He's everything that you want out of a wide receiver. I think he's more dominant on a per-game basis than Jackson Smith and Jigba is. Um, Can't go wrong with either one of them. But Keisha Boutte, and I've said it. I've said it all along. I think Boutte comes out and is a better prospect by the time it's all said and done than Jamar Chase was when he came out. And we've seen what Jamar Chase has done in the NFL so far. Okay? that, that That's not knocking Jamar Chase. I love Jamar Chase. I think Boutte is going to be a better prospect. Okay? Prospect is the key word there, so don't <laughs> go after me on Twitter. Prospect, <laughs> prospect is the key word in that sentence. You better be careful. Yeah. Uh, but I know what happens <laughs> when you mention Jamar Chase in this community. People go freaking berserk. Hey, that was – hey, that was – hey. That was my guy. I, I said it when he was 17 years old. He's going to be a star. <laughs> Moving on, I think it's I think it's important to talk about, you know, you talked about Marvin Harrison, six for 71, three touchdowns. He went, you know, just under the radar, undershadowed. And that, I mean, that's a, that's a wide receiver one game. Um, and he just didn't get talked about because of what Jackson Smith and Jigba does. I think next season you're looking at Amika Agbuka, Marvin Harrison, Jackson Smith, and Jigba as your starting receivers. They're, they're arguably going to have a better wide receiver core than, than they did this year. And I yeah. think that's and I think that's scary to say. I mean, CJ Stroud is gonna push for push for a Heisman again. I think, and I tweeted this out, and I want your thoughts on this because I think it's important to talk about Julian Fleming. Okay, mm-hmm. five-star prospect, number one recruit, number one wide receiver in his class when he came out. C.J. Stroud finished this game with 573 passing yards. Of those 573 passing yards, 46 attempts, 37 completions, Julian Fleming finished with five completions for 35 yards. Julian Fleming is still currently getting drafted in the top five rounds in ADP. And I think – I think it's time somebody says it. I said it on Twitter. Stop drafting Julian Fleming in Debbie leagues. 
He's not going to provide dividends. I know he's a five-star recruit. Five-star recruits more often than not always pay dividends in Debbie leagues. They always end up making it to the NFL. Julian Fleming is going to be an outlier in this case. He's not going to get the snaps. I think this team is going to be Jackson Smith and Jigba. It's going to be Mika Ekbuka, and it's going to be Marvin Harrison next year. For the price that you have to spend on Julian Fleming versus the guys that you can get in that same price range, I am not touching Julian Fleming in my Debbie drafts. Uh, I'm not either. And I was, you know, there was a certain point that I was um, high on Fleming uh, when he was, when he was coming in initially, when I started looking through um, my initial, my initial guys back then. And I was actually going back through my list <laughs> while we were talking. Cause I remember at some point I was, I was, I was decently, I was decently high on him. Um, and I, then the more that I watched and I watched some of the other guys um, that came in, Fleming just continued to push down the list and coming into this year in his class, I had him at 12. Um, and, and I still felt it was high, but I felt because of the five star, because of the status that maybe he would, he would, he would come in um, and he did. Um, and, and I think you're right. Uh, there's no room on the field for him with the other three um, for meaningful snaps and touches, right? Um, those other three are better. The other three are going to put up the numbers. Um, and if if I'm owning anybody in a C2C league or a W league, it's not going to be Julian Fleming. If I have him on my team, which I thankfully don't, I'd be looking to see if I there's something I could do to trade trade away for trade him away uh, and grab somebody else. Um, somehow, maybe somebody, you know, maybe find an Ohio State fan or somebody who's still high on him. He's going to have to um, transfer if he wants to get playing time anywhere. I mean, it's, it's not yeah, Ohio State. Exactly. No, he's not playing. I mean, sh- shit. I mean, Jamison Williams had to transfer somebody else somewhere else to get to, uh, playing time. And people are talking about him in the first round. Um, and, and so, you know, in Fleming, it hasn't showed even what Williams can do. Um, uh, so, you know, it, but no, I, I I wouldn't touch him. Um, like I said, I, I was never really high on him. I other than in, in my initial like initial eval and 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 that you know I'm always honest there, but I I put out initial stuff and then then continue to change everything as it goes along and and, and put my process out there because you know I'm I'm not the guy who's, who deletes stuff and, and says I'm wrong. Or, you know if I'm wrong that uh, I wasn't, but. Uh, yeah, I, I, never been impressed and, and not shocked that Harrison is better than him and, and Jackson's better than him and, and Big is obviously better than him as well. So, I don't, you know, I, I would own him. Uh, I, I would, if I could, I'd get rid of him if I owned him. Yeah. Moving on, the last thing I want to talk about, um, just something that I've just kind of been thinking about, and I don't know if this is a public service announcement. I don't know if it's just a point that I want to make. I don't really know where I'm going with this, but we're just going to start it, Adam, and hopefully you can kind of guide me where I'm going when, whenever we figure this out. So, um, I was watching I was watching the UNC football game, and the more I watched it, I, I noticed that you know Sam Howe, Sam Howe was playing in that game, and he was doing a lot of QB sneaks. He was he was putting his body on the line um, for his team. He was he was not sliding. He was doing what Sam Howe does. He was he was running into the tackles. He was fighting for those extra yards. Um, I watched the Old Miss game and unfortunately saw Matt Corral um, have have that ankle injury where he's not able to compete. Um, he's not able to finish the game, and we all thought it was much worse. And thankfully, it wasn't as bad as everybody thought it was. Um, so that's good. Um, we're able to, you know, we can we can 
we can be thankful for that, that it wasn't as bad as, as we thought it was. Um, and it got me to thinking, you know, everybody wants to come out and say, you know, these guys ha have have played with their brothers. Um, th this band of brothers thing that's going on, they played with these guys for three years um, that they need to finish their season strong, that they have to play in these bowl games. And they're given so much crap for opting out of these bowl games. And then you see guys like Matt Corral and, Thankfully, we didn't see Sam Howell, but I mean, I think Sam Howell could have easily been one of those guys the way I was watching him run. And you see you see these guys get hurt and, you know, does it affect their draft stock? Does it not? It now has you now have medical question marks where they're first round picks that you now have questions that they're going to have to answer going into the NFL draft. Um, my opinion on the on the issue is if a guy wants to opt out, not playing their bowl game, bowl games are fun to watch. Yes, but. Guys are making a business decision. This is a business football. The NFL is a business, and guys, your 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 body is is your business, and these guys have to make a business decision and do what's best for their for their body, do what's best for their future, and that may be opting out of bowl games and declaring for the draft early. I could see a situation where guys, after they have potentially gone on and put on the stats they need to on paper, opt out for an entire season. I mean, where are you at with that? Where, are we going to see any change, you think, in college football over the next few years just with the way th th things have – you know, we, you've seen it now with guys opting out for a whole year, guys starting to opt out of bowl games recently. I mean, we've seen the change start to happen. Do you think we start – I mean, where are you at with this? Do you think we start to see more of it? I, I think you do um, because it's been proven that regardless of whether or not you opt out or not, you're still fine. Um, look at Jamar Chase. He opted out for an entire season and is about to win Offensive Rookie of the Year, and everybody uh, knows what he can do. So, um, But as far as the bowl games go, and I touched on this last week um, while, you, you know, while I was alone and <laughs> a few thoughts to myself, but um, I have no problem with these kids opting out of these bowl games, okay? Um, and I know that that there's the old guard, and, 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 and in fact, one of my law partners, you know, played football at a high level at the University of Florida um, and has said, hey, look, you know, we all gave our all. We want to play for our brothers and, and all those things. And, and, and I get that. OK, and I get the, the thought process behind that. Um, but at the end of the day, each individual needs to make the, the best decision for themselves and their their body and their future. All right. These guys, in my opinion, and, and I said it last week, are gladiators in the Coliseum like you saw back, you know, in, in the BC days. All right. These guys run so fast. Every time they hit somebody, it's like a 70 mile an hour car accident. Okay. And at any point in time, they could have a, an injury that decimates them. Your ankle, your Achilles could roll up. You could blow out a knee on, on something. You could have your ankle rolled up, just anything. And, 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 and I get what you're trying to play for. Okay. And, 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 I give Corral and, and, and Howell all the credit in the world for going out there when they didn't have to, okay? Um, and, and you saw in the beginning of that game, Corral was not playing with any fear. That man wanted that game. He was giving his all for his team, and he got rolled up on. And like you said, thankfully, uh, it's a you know an ankle injury, and, and he's going to be okay. Um, but there will be questions about it because that's not the first time he's injured that ankle this season. Um, and so now you're going to have that issue. But I go back to Jalen Smith blowing out his knee in a you know in a bowl game, right? For Notre Dame. You know, now Dallas took a shot, 
that they were willing to wait for a year. But if Dallas didn't take that shot, where does he get drafted and where does he get money? Right. And, you know, nowadays, I guess you have the NIL stuff. And so people can say, well, hey, some of these guys are making money. You know, back then they weren't at all, blah, blah, blah. But these guys need to be able to make their own decisions with their own body. If you're opting out of a playoff game, I probably may have a bigger issue. Okay. Um, Because, and, and NFL teams probably do too. But if you're opting out of the Duke's Mayo Bowl or the fucking Idaho Potato Potato Bowl or pick your other bowl that people just watch because it's on the TV and really isn't anything other than a glorified scrimmage, to be honest, okay, I will tell you that the Florida UCF game, UCF felt like it was their Super Bowl. I will tell you UF felt like it was a glorified scrimmage, okay, and I, we talked about it before that. Four practices, and they weren't even real ones, okay, so – what did we get out of that? You know, um, and so when people said that, you know, some of the guys, you know, want to opt out of there or they had surgery before the game to make sure, you know, that they were healthy for next season. No, I don't have a problem with that at all. In fact, these guys need to do what they need to do to protect themselves, because I will tell you this, the the colleges aren't protecting them. That's proven. What they want is and it, and I and I'll compare it to baseball. Watch them baseball game in college and watch how they use those pitchers they don't care how many balls they throw because all they care about is the three years they got those kids and after that your arm could blow out the next year as a former baseball player i knew how it went it's a business for college football so it should be a business for the college football players as well exactly that's the bottom line line. My, my wife we were sitting there watching the carolina game and she turns to me halfway through the game and she was like this game is really fast like not where like the time is going fast, but like they're playing really fast. Yeah. Like, no, I mean, when you watch it on TV, that doesn't do college football justice. I mean, those guys are going 20 miles an hour running into it is high speed collisions every yeah. single play. You've got to make a business decision for yourself. No, and they said, you know, and I said before, they've literally shown stats on it that it is like a 60 mile an hour car wreck head to head every time you're hitting somebody. I mean, think about, I mean, you get people who get millions of dollars for injuries from that in a car accident, right? These guys get up and play the next play, okay? I mean, I'll give you a great example. At the end of the game, in a game that didn't matter, that Florida was absolutely out of it, wasn't going to win, Justin Shorter got knocked out and was on the ground, and people were worried if he was alive, okay? we I mean, we, we were at my house watching the game, um, my son was like, oh, my goodness, you know, we're sitting there. My wife's worried. Um, he ended up, you know, and, of course, TV didn't do a great job of, of showing things. He ended up going to the hospital. He ended up being okay. But the fact of the matter is, you know, what's – and he played, okay? And, and he's coming back. He's going to play another year. So, you know, but my point is, is that that play didn't matter at all. And he could have sacrificed a, a lot going on, right? Um and so some, I don't blame these guys for worrying about that at all. And I wouldn't either. I mean, we all make business decisions in life. And, and I run a business. And I own a business. And I will tell you, you got to make those. And, and I don't fault any one of these guys for any business decision they make that they feel they need to do. Ever. Absolutely not. So moving portal, on. portal included. Moving on. Obviously, we're going to dive into outside the top 100 guys. And we've got a little – got to set up a little differently um, tonight. So the way, the way we're going to do it, Adam Adam has got two guys outside the top 100 he's going to talk about. I've got one, and then we've both got um, one incoming freshman breakdown that we're going to break down. 
Um, so why don't Adam, why don't you go ahead and start it off with one of your outside the top 100 guys? You didn't want to talk about Mario? I guess we can talk about Mario. <laughs> Real quick. <laughs> Mario's in the transfer portal. I forgot about that. I, yeah. can't, I can't read, guys. No, I, no, I, I'm going really to put it on the show seat, and I can't I can't read it. No, no, no. I'm just, I, it, you know, you know it, for uh, everybody, it, literally, I, what was it, 25 minutes before we came on the show? Yeah. Uh, Mario Williams put his name in the portal. Um, put out there, uh, you know, if, if Caleb's not there, you know, he wants to, uh, you know, Caleb's quarterback, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, you know, Mario is now on the portal. Uh, Matt and I talked about him, uh, I think it was week one, right? Um, Clayton has a side speed, pass catching ability, and the production that you look for in a top prospect, okay? Um, and everything you expect to see to succeed at the next level. The own, the knock on him coming out of out of high school was his knee injury um in 2018 okay now the knock on him is probably going to be well he went to colorado and 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 didn't really do anything no offense but carl durrell doesn't do anything for me as a coach okay um he was miserable at ucla i don't know how he got the job at colorado uh clayton didn't didn't commit to him at colorado he committed um to the prior staff who is now over at michigan state um, he comes in on a COVID uh, year, his first year, doesn't get, you know, a lot of run because COVID and Pac-12 barely played any games. They have Broussard there, they let him run. Um, finally gets some some part this, more practice in this year, felt like he get, deserved a better role. Um, but in my opinion, I think that, that for some reason, the staff um, just didn't, didn't play him. And I, and I don't know why, um, because when you look at his numbers, average-wise, and his his ability, um, he was better than the other backs that they were playing, despite not putting up the quote numbers. Right, so he's more efficient. Who do we want to play? We want to play the efficient guy who's getting up better numbers. But when you look at his, because he has limited snaps in college, although when you look at him, good snaps. Um, when you go back to his high school days, right, he he played football and ran track. Again, you guys will. I will say this to the day I die on here, and you'll continue listening to me and uh, sound like a broken record. I love guys that play multiple sports, especially track, um, that play football. Okay. Stop playing seven on seven. Go run track. Go play basketball. Go play two sports. Okay. Those are the better guys. All right. But he came out of Warren Easton in, in Louisiana, which I love. I love players in Louisiana. I definitely love running backs out of Louisiana, um, but we always talk about it. The boot doesn't bust. All right. These guys in Louisiana, just phenomenal athletes. These guys are are great. Okay. But they put out top NFL cal- caliber talent. In 2018, Clayton stepped into a pothole um, on the practice field uh, and he tore a ligament in his knee. Instead of having surgery, he played that full 2018 season and ran track in the spring before he finally had surgery in May. Okay. He he's playing on torn ligaments the entire time during that season. He rushed for 683 yards, nine touchdowns added three receptions, for 55 yards and a TD to put his performance in perspective with a torn knee. He accounted for 40% of the rushing production, 
41% of the touchdowns and 28% of the overall offense on that high school team while missing two games. Okay. He also ran with those torn ligaments, a laser time of four, four, two. And in track ran a 23 flat, 200 meters all on a tor- torn knee. Okay. He eventually has his surgery in the summer of 2018. And despite what he's already proved in the field, the major programs, LSU, Alabama, back off of him. And he's really stuck with some offers from Nickel State, Northwestern State, some other ones. Eventually get Colorado, which is where he landed. Okay. But this is where Clayton showed you who, who he is. Okay. And he sits there. And so the coach held him out his senior season for the first five games. Team went one and four. All right. Clayton protested this and gave his coach crap. And eventually he got to play full time. The result was eight straight wins. Easton goes into playoffs at nine and four. During the time, Clayton racked up 92 carries for 1,078 yards. That's over, that's almost 12 yards a carry, 14 touchdowns, right? He added 421 receiving yards and eight touchdowns. And again, so let's talk about context. 62% of the team's rush team's season long rushing yards and 59% of the rushing touchdowns. And 45% of the total offense and 46% of the total TDs. And he only played in those eight games. That's insane when you look at, at breakout numbers and efficiency. Uh, he ends up getting Colorado, goes there. And, and, and when they get into the – what was even crazier was, it, was, was when they got into the playoffs. And that's where he dominated. And he dominated against extremely good talent, okay? Um he averaged 12-point yards attempt. He dominated the playoffs, and they came up one point shy of the championship against Edna Carr, who, if you know Louisiana, Edna Carr is a team that is just dominant, consistently up there, one of the best teams. Um, he won outstanding player, 211 yards, and three touchdowns on 32 carries. Just carry these guys um, to, to there and, and had that there. I don't know what the issue was at, at Colorado other than, as I said before, I am not a fan uh, of the coach and I, I'm, I'm not a fan of, of, of how they run things and never thought they would be good there. I'm glad he is now transferred back. He's home. He's in Tulane. Um, and although not a big program, Tulane does run the ball. They do run it well, even though that, you know, they don't have a great record. But overall, they're a physical team. They run the ball well. They're a tough uh, G five team. Um, they put they you know they put up some good fights against some other people. I think you're going to see Clayton put up some really good numbers at Tulane, um, and 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 I can't wait to, for him to get back in the conversation because the kid has great talent, and I think he's going to put the numbers. You were talking about like his market share and team team market percentage based on just eight games of play and. I think that speaks to one thing that I'm going to talk about here in just a second. But you talked about his 4-4, um, 4-4 speed that he had on on the torn ligament. Um, I, when you watch this kid, he is he is a 4-3 kid easily, in my opinion. I mean, I'm not – I mean, this kid is fast. He is – I wrote down in my notes, lightning in a bottle when you watch him on screen. I mean, this kid sees the hole. If he gets any daylight, he's, he's absolutely gone. I mean, he's hitting the hole, and you're not catching him. I mean – Linebackers, safeties, quarterbacks, you're not catching him from behind. Um, he is explosive through the hole. He's fast. He's 
he's lightning in a bottle. And that's why you see such a huge team market share on such limited time is because when this kid touches the ball, he's touching it and taking it to the end zone. I mean, that's what this kid does. He He's on the smaller side. I mean, he's he's 200 pounds, what, 5'10", 5'11", mm-hmm. but he's not tiny. I mean, when you watch him play, he's physical. I mean, he doesn't play – he plays stronger than what his size is, and I really like that out of my back. So if you're going to be – if you're not going to be 220, 225 pounds, I need you to be physical. And Ashad Clayton is a physical running back compared to what his size is, and I like that about him. Um, he's a kid. He's going to Tulane. He's going to a better situation. They do run the ball. Um, they're not a great team, but they do put out good running backs. Um, Coral, um, Coral, I think is what his name was. Yep, yep. He he, he put up good stats um, over the last few years. I think I think Ashad Clayton could be a guy that is a really good call. Somebody you need to own on your rosters. Yeah, I, I mean, and, and and it was crazy. It was again, you know, I saw some people. Um, there were some people who had him high, like me, uh, early on, and there were some people um, who didn't. So I think if you're looking at your rosters, you can probably get out there and find him um, on a lot. And I bet you right now, especially, that you have a bunch of guys um, who are looking at him. And like I said, because of the uh, the issue, the I guess quote failed production at Colorado, as we'll call it, I guess tonight. Um, that are look that if they have them on there, you could probably get them for cheap. So why not go grab them for cheap and start them on your roster? Because I think he's going to blow up a two lane, and people are going to remember who he is. I mean, I just got him. I think I didn't get him on my team, but I think he went in like the 18th to 20th round of a recent CDC mock that I did. And I mean, if if that's the price tag on him, I mean, there's nobody really going in that round that you can get the production out of. So no, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And who has that upside? He has the ability to get that upside in the draft too. And you're looking at, you know, Debbie Wise and and, and then on your C to C league, the guy who's going to be up there. Yeah, absolutely. So moving on, my guy, um, probably a Debbie darling here recently in a few weeks. Um, he is still outside the top 100. I looked. Um, he is like 105, 110 right now in rankings. So he is still he still qualifies as our outside the top 100, which is why I'm going to be able to talk about him. Perfect, because that's and what we do. Hendon Hooker, um, the, the quarterback from Tennessee, redshirt senior. He was a transfer from Virginia Tech, played his first three seasons at Virginia Tech. This season burst onto the scene to the tune of 2,945 yards, 31 touchdowns, just three interceptions. He added another 620 rush, rushing yards, five touchdowns. So, so Adam, he's got that rushing upside that we like. We like a guy that can mm-hmm. bring his fantasy points on the ground. Hendon Hooker can do that in absolute spades. I mean, you talk about a guy that, you know, you've got quarterbacks that are mobile, right, who, who, who provide some mobility. I think of, you know, Sam Howe, he's a mobile quarterback. And then you've got guys who who turn into a running back when they're in the open field and who yeah. who, are, who are rushing quarterbacks. And Hendon Hooker can run with the ball. And, I mean, you look at him in the open field, he's spinning off guys. He's juking guys in the open field. I mean, he becomes a running back when he's out in the open field. I mean, he's going to provide you just massive rushing upside. But he doesn't just do that either, right? When you watch him play, he's got a really tight throwing motion on him. He's got a quick release, which I like. He's not he doesn't got a long, he doesn't have a long throwing motion, a long release. So he's getting out, getting the ball out quick. He throws with good velocity. Um, his ball placement is the one thing that I kind of noticed um that I've got a little bit of an issue with. His ball placement, mm-hmm. especially on about 30 yards and out, 
um, become, can become a concern at times. He'll sometimes underthrow his receiver. Um, he'll sometimes put the ball on the wrong shoulder near the cornerbacks, and not he won't lead his receivers. But when you watch him, I was watching his footwork and, and him driving through the football, and a lot of that feels mechanical. Um, a, a lot of that feels like if, if he just cleans up and gets with a good quarterback coach that fixes a lot of that mechanic stuff, um, I think a one. lot of that can be fixed. Um, but when you look at Hendon Hooker, I mean, outside the top 100, he's a guy that I think, I mean, when you're getting him in, I'm going to try and pull it up right now, what round I got it in. Um, but, I mean, you could get him in late round um, and, and see the C mocks right now, and he's going to provide dividends for you. I mean, you're talking about a quarterback. You know, people talk about zero QB right now. You know, there's not many great QBs. Um, out there, I mean, great NFL upside QBs out there. Um, Hendon Hooker is a guy 10th round that I just got right now. You got him in the 10th round of a CDC mock. I, I'll take that all day and twice on sun, Sunday. I mean, Especially in the CDC league. Uh, in the CDC league, I mean, <laughs> next year you're, you're going to get on Hendon Hooker in the 10th round. I mean, come on now. No, and, and, and you're right. Um, my, it, it, so break down what you said and, and my thoughts on that. So you're right. Uh, there are, and we, a couple of us debated this on Twitter the other day. Uh, and, and I forget exactly who it was. I think, I think Mike was on there uh, and, and Christian may have been as well. We were talking about uh, what is a mobile quarterback, right? And, and what does that mean fantasy wise? Um, and how many extra points that gets you and things like that. I think there is a, and, and we had a kind of a, we all, okay, here's mobile. And it means like 3.1, I think, fantasy points. If you, if you average it on what they're doing. Hendon Hooker isn't a mobile quarterback. He's a, a running quarterback who can also throw the ball well. Okay. And, and that's not a knock on him. It's just, he can do both. Okay. Um, I think that mo- mobile quarterbacks, there's one stand and then there's guys who can, throw the ball really well and you can run the ball really well. There's only a few of those. Okay. You look at um, Patrick Mahomes, he can run the ball a heck of a lot well, and he can throw the ball real well. Aaron Rodgers, another kind of, kind of guy that fits in that mold. Um, but when you, when you hit headed hooker, I, you're the, I love the, the rushing and bill. You know me, I love my guys, especially fantasy that can give us that upside um, that also have the ability to throw. Um, and, and I think you're spot on with the uh, with the negatives. He when we're looking at those three levels of throws, right? That we we've talked about the three. You have you have your three levels of of, of throws when you're looking at that third level is not where we want it to be, um, especially uh, with placement, right? Um, and I think you're right. A lot of it is footwork. Um, and I was actually watching a video the other day. Uh, from Quincy Avery on Baker's footwork in the Packers game and showing where he wasn't driving with that foot, right? And, went, and, then, I, and then I started looking because I knew we, we were talking about ending it today, and I saw some similar issues. He's not putting the foot where you're supposed to to drive the ball where it needs to be. And if you don't have that setup and you don't have that drive, you're not going to get the ball where it needs to be. And I think that that's where he is, and you're right. Some mechanical things. He needs that fixed by a coach, whether that's, you know, hypo or, you know, going to get somebody else, you know, outside of, of the staff to help him with that. I, I, if he does, I think he, you know, Sky could be the limit for this kid, to be honest. 
He's got the size. He's got the ability. He's got an arm. He can move around. I mean, and the NFL is ever-changing. They are going to these guys because it's intelligent to go to these guys. It's intelligent to have these guys. Look at what Trey Lance did the other day. Everybody's complaining about him at their one quarter, and then and at the end of the game, all of a sudden, whoo You know, we realize that, oh, wait, we should wait off and, and listen. Jalen Hurts, Justin Fields, start naming the guys that, 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 that really can handle this and move around and what you're looking for in a quarterback nowadays. And Hennon Hooker has those things. It's just whether or not, you know, the other thing, the only thing I worry about is. Now. You used to see one you used to see one or two guys in the NFL that did that. Now you've got five or six in the NFL. They've got that type of skill set. Yeah, and the only, the only other negative that I put on Hennon Hooker that I always worry about is Heupel's offense is really geared mm-hmm. towards some of these guys that put up those numbers and some of those things. So I, I always wonder, I, I'd like to see him in a setting because he didn't look like that at Virginia Tech. So is it the system that was holding him back there? Is it the new system that's helping him? Um, mechanically wise, he looks the same. So I'm trying to figure that out, right? And uh, I think that's where maybe the senior bowl, maybe maybe this and him coming back another year, we can watch some more film and watch see what he does and yeah. uh, and go from there. I think. Absolutely. So moving on, you've got a guy that I know you're super excited to talk about, and you've got quite a mighty comp that somebody has comped this guy to. So I can't wait to talk about this next guy that you want to talk about. All right. Well, <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to scroll down. I was going to have him last, but I'll, we'll talk about him now because you, you set him up so well. So, yeah, we're going to talk about another another quarterback uh, who, who's, uh, who's who's a, a freshman currently. Um at NC State, and that's Aaron McLaughlin. Uh, Aaron is a 6'5", 223-pound quarterback, all right? Um, ESPN has him listed as a 40-time at 492, and that is not accurate at all. I will tell you that right now. Um, and if you watch his tape, you will know that that guy is not running a 492, okay? But this kid is a big, strong quarterback. Athletically, I, going back now, and it's crazy because I, I did this the last week because we were getting ready to do this, and I'm, I'm starting to get my next year rankings up there. He is one of the most athletic quarterbacks in the 2021 class, period. And that's saying something because they had some, okay? He has a cannon for an arm. A guy, when you watch his film and you watch his arm, it jumps off the field when you watch him. You want to talk about driving a ball downfield? Um, watch this kid drive the ball downfield, okay? Makes the big throws, delivers it from one sideline to the other, throws well in the run. His knock was productivity. Well, let me give you guys some insight into some of that, all right? Um, didn't have as much success on the field in, in high school as, you, as we all wanted. Um, part of that, Aaron had a couple injuries, okay? He wasn't on a great team, okay? Um, they were 7A, which is a very high level in Georgia, and they're playing very uber-talented team, but they were a brand-new program, and he did not have a lot of talent around him. So he's not a guy that was going to put up a bazillion yards and a bunch of touchdowns. Um, But when you look at his film, you see the huge throws, the athleticism, and everything that you want out of a quarterback, okay? Um, 
he had an offer from pick the school, okay? Alabama, Georgia, Auburn, everywhere, all right? Um, I know a little bit about him because I've talked to some people. Um, Georgia liked Vandergriff a little bit better than him. Don't know why because Vandergriff isn't anywhere near him. Um, he was committed to Auburn for about a year, um, but he switched to NC State when Auburn brought in Chad Morris, okay? Um, not going to go into why, but he went to NC State when that change was made. Um, and, you know, from a guy who I, who, who, who I trust and, and know as an extremely good call, uh, quarterback coach um, who knows what the hell he's talking about, um, has comped him to, to Trevor Lawrence and has said is one of the most talented quarterbacks he's ever trained. Um, and so I don't disagree when you start to watch this film. I went back after having these conversations and, and looking at this, and it is completely accurate. This kid is talent is uber talented. I mean, and I don't know where it was missed other than, as I said, people giving this productivity where he is. But when you talk about size, 6'5", 220, and you're talking about a guy who's running and the guy who pushes the ball downfield and the guy who hits all three levels exactly how you want to hit it um, and makes these things easy, I don't know where, where your issue is. You know, the other knock on him, you know, from some people was some touch here and there, but I'll take touch here and there when you can make the three-level throws, when you can drive the ball downfield like you can, when you are that size, when you are mobile, when you add all of those things. This is a kid who is extremely underrated, even by me. I can't believe I did this. <laughs> Glad I fixed it. He will be way up there in, in, in that rankings, and that's a, a talented class. No, that that's a good call. I mean, he's got what you wanted, and when 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 you when I went back and watched him, he's got the size. What I noticed is he he's he's that definition of mobile quarterback. He he's going to get you his, those yards with his legs. He extends plays well. Um, throws really well off platform. I noticed. Um, I mean, I'm not talking about just like 10, 15 yards. I'm talking about 30, 35 yards off of one foot on mm -hmm. a rope. I mean, leading the receiver. I mean, stuff that you shouldn't be able to do. I mean, he does really, really well. He's accurate downfield, pushes the ball downfield. And we talked about it. I remember we were in a group chat. And we said, we don't like a guy that throws the five-yard slant routes. We want a guy that can push the ball downfield 30 yards in the throw consistently. And that's what Aaron McLaughlin does. Um, he pushes the ball downfield. He hits those level throws. Sean McAvoy talked about it. He hits the level throws where his arcs, he's not throwing these, these rainbows. He's throwing the, these good passes that, that the arcs are low, and he's pushing the ball, and his passes look good, and they're accurate, and he's putting the ball where it needs to go. So that's a fantastic call. I like that a whole lot. I think the only thing that I noted about him is um, he occasionally tries to do too much. Yeah. Um where he'll, he'll dance around in the backfield and he'll run around, try to find the open receiver. And that occasionally leads to a negative play, negative game script. Um, I'm okay with that. I think because for as, for as, for every one time that he does that, he'll throw three or four off platform throws 30 yards down the field. So I think I can live with that to a certain extent. Um, sometimes he needs to learn how to live for the next play, not take the sacks, throw the ball away, but that's something, I mean, that's a young kid move. You can teach that. Well, and also, like we said before, when you're dealing with that, um, 
is that because he wasn't playing with great talent at the time, right? And uh, and was he trying to do everything on his own? So I guess we'll see, you know, what happens when he gets the reins at, at, at NC State. Um, who's on the up uh, up and coming, uh, you know? And, and and so I'm interested to see if if they can they can they can they can fix that issue. But yeah, if that's your only issue, that sometimes you're trying to make too much out of it, and then by the way, you throw a 35 yard bomb off off your right foot when you're running. I'm okay with that, um, and, and I think most people um, run running fantasy would be the same thing. You know, it, it's kind of like Sam Hartman. You know, they yeah. can, they, they drive the ball downfield, um, and you and I both have I think are in agreement with this. We like guys that drive the ball downfield, have that ability, make those level throws, um, and also have the mobility to be able to, to to make that open. If you have those things, you're going to be successful, and you're going to be successful not only in the NFL but fantasy wise, which is Obviously, what we care about in this podcast, um, but I can't wait for him. Um, you know, if you're in C to C leagues, you're going to probably have to wait another year um, if for him at NC State. Maybe I don't know because um, I've heard he's pushing. Uh, but uh, you know, he definitely, when you're looking Debbie wise, is a guy. Um, and and I will put this out there: I don't draft quarterbacks early. Um, I've never been that guy. So, um, but he is a guy that you can get. I, I haven't seen in, in any of my leagues that people are owning right now. Uh, in my he's, he's, he's not. He's not owned. Yeah, and you, so if you if you want a quarterback um, that has high upside, extremely high upside at extremely cheap, go get Aaron McLaughlin, and uh, then and when it, when the draft time comes, uh, you know, make sure to laugh at your teammates. Love that call. Uh, do you want to talk about your guy, or do you want me to talk about my guy? Which way do you want to do this? Uh. Why don't you go ahead and do yours since I spent a lot of time on Aaron? <laughs> well, my, my incoming freshman that we're going to break down, a guy that I feel is just so severely underrated in both 247 and the composite. Um, I don't know how it's possible where they have him. I don't know what's going on. But Terrence Gibbs, um, a guy that I know that you love, um, four-star recruit, new Florida commit, new Florida running back commit. He's 30 overall in the composite. It's 50 um, 50th running back in 247. Um, I don't get this at all. When you watch his game film, what you see is not a 50th ranked running back in this class. Um, somebody is drastically messing up when it comes to this. Um, phenomenal contact balance. He's got strength. He, he's going to run through arm tackles. If you try to tackle this kid by the arms on, in the upper body, he's going to run through you. I mean, way too many times have I seen somebody try to tackle him up high and he crouched down and flipped flipped somebody over his back while he was running and was off to 15 or 20 more yards. I mean, I know the video you're talking about. You know, <laughs> I just, I just gave Adam flashbacks. I, I <laughs> know. I know the video you're talking about. <laughs> I mean, far, far too often. Did he do that though? Is the funny thing. I mean, you're not tackling this kid up high. He's got great strength. He's got good long speed. Not great. Um, He, he will occasionally get caught from behind. Um, but I'm okay with that because when he's, when he doesn't, I mean, when he does get caught from behind, he's still, you know, running 20 or 30 yards. Um, so if, if my running back gets 20 or 30 yards per carry on, on his long runs, I'm okay with that. Like, I don't have a problem with you busting off a 20 yard run. That's, 
that's fine. But he, he, he has the speed to house runs. He's got soft hands. He doesn't look scared when he catches the ball. I don't think he was utilized as much catching the ball as I think he, his skill set allows him to. Um, but, I mean, you're talking about a guy that's got great contact balance. He's got vision to diagnose the open lane, and when he does, he hits it hard. Um, he, he bounces off tackles. He's a strong, hard-nosed runner. You're talking about a guy for a Florida for the Florida command under a new regime that potentially is going to start using these younger backs, hopefully. I mean, you're talking about Demarcus Bowman, that they can utilize multiple backs, and you tweeted it out yourself. This is a roster, and this is a team that produces multiple running backs on the team. I think Terrence Gibbs is a guy that could come in and be a guy that vastly outproduces that 50th overall running back rank. I mean, somebody got it wrong here. So you're right. Um, and, and, but here's what I'm going to hit on. Uh, there's a couple of things. Uh, first, Florida actually is, he is not committed to Florida anymore. Uh, he is not. Um, there was a discussion that was had, um, Currently, I believe he is scheduled to go to Texas um, based on, on the uh, crystal balls. And, the, and and what I've heard, um, he was – he had been a, a Gator commit for two years, okay, until Napier came in, um, had a conversation, um, and then he wasn't. Um, and I think part of that is the one downfall that I have to him, which, which I'll get to in a second. But when you talked about him, what you said is exactly right, okay? I, If you were looking at Gibbs and watching what he does and saying he is where he is ranked outside of the injury that he had, it's insanity to me because he should be way higher. As a freshman, he ran for 1,500 yards and 21 touchdowns with over 11 yards of carry. As a sophomore, he ran for over a thousand yards um, on a team that went nine and two. He played basketball and ran track. Hey, we're back to that Adam thing again about play multiple sports. I love it. Okay, you're right. The kid is strong as hell. Great vision, great balance, explosive. Runs people over. He's not going down with arm tackles. It's not going to happen. Okay, he has the size and speed. He does catch the ball very well. The issue that I worry about with Gibbs, and I had him extremely high, and now I'm trying to figure out how to play this, is his ACL that he tore and the fact that he hasn't played high school football in two years. And that's where it becomes what do we look at, right? I will tell you that my understanding from people I have talked to he was cleared, okay, by Florida's staff who ran him through Shands, which is one of the best hospitals in the country, if you know, okay, and his knee is fine, all right, and they were fine with him not playing his senior season. He was going to come in um, under un, under the prior staff, um, and unfortunately, I think the new staff just had a different direction. I know where they're going, um, and, and as far as – uh, the re- one recruit and, and, and portal recruit, they're going after two backs. And unfortunately Gibbs isn't one of them. Um, I would have liked to see Gibbs stay in the class because I think he is very, very good. I, I I'm with you. I think he's way underrated. I think he should be higher. The only thing that we all have to worry about is we haven't seen him play ball in two years on that knee. If that knee's fine, 
whoever has him is getting a top five running back and is going to be phenomenal. If the knee isn't, then that then there's your issue, right? That's really that's kind of where you're looking at. So for me, I'm trying to figure out. I'm honestly, I'm still, I'm sliding him up and down as I look at it because the talent is so great, but I just haven't seen him play ball in two years. I've heard he's fine, right? But I haven't seen him play, so I'm trying to figure out where it is. Yeah, it's, it's hard it's, to judge it. It's, it's hard to right? judge it when you have those question marks and you haven't seen him play in a few years, where do you put him in? But I think the talent is going to far out seed any of those question marks that you have on the kid. I, I do. I, I think you take a shot on him, okay? I think he's that talented, and what I have heard um, as far as him being fine, I think you take a shot on him, and I and I think he will be high up there in, in my rankings, um, you know, the, coming up. There's a lot of good backs in this class, Um but I think he is way underrated, and he will be f- much higher uh, than the recruiting rankings for me. And I think it will be all be good. Yeah. Well, why don't you go ahead and dive into your last guy? All right. So my la- my last guy uh, we're going to talk about tonight, and uh, I will tell you we're going to talk about his his uh, his counterpart next week um, uh, at wide receiver. Uh, but t- tonight we're going to talk about Jaden Gerard. At a Jesuit here in Tampa, uh, the uh, the fifteen and O Jesuit team who won the national t- uh, the uh, Florida title for a high school team, uh, James Rod, 6'2", 176 pounds. He is currently the hundred and thirty ninth wide receiver in the country in the composite as a three star, and I have no idea how, why he is the one hundred thirty ninth wide receiver. Um, but he's heading to Wake. Had offers from Maryland, Pitt, some other guys. Three-year starter on a team that, A, won the uh, title in Florida this year, okay, in a very good division, came close last year in a very good, in the same division, um, and as a sophomore broke out. um, And he is playing with another really good wide receiver and junior, Vander Ross, that's going to Toledo, and that's what I'm going to talk about next week. Um, And because junior is – if you, for those who like Kadarius Tony, we'll talk about it next week. You're gonna like Junior Vandeross, and even if you don't like Kadarius Tony, but you like kind of what he does, where he breaks people's ankles, and is, but you want somebody a bit thicker, you're gonna like Junior Vandeross. But with Jaden Gerard, he's got is, is that is that thick with two C's? I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 it was thick with two C's. There you go. <laughs> As a sophomore, a true sophomore. All right, four hundred. 548 yards on 26 catches. Overall in his career, 66 receptions for 1,040, 1,483 yards, 20 touchdowns. That's 22 and a half yards a catch, okay? Period. And 10 carries for 64 yards all came in his senior season, started using him more there. In the championship game, Against a very good team um, that came, in my mind, came out. I did not think that was going to be as close as it was, but that team uh, just in, in their run, their quote quarterback. We're going to talk about him later as a running back. Um, he's not a recruit this season, but he's next season. He's going to be a running back, and he's going to be a stud. Uh, but had five catches, 110 yards, and a touchdown in that championship game. And one was a crosser for about 60 yards, and that's important because I'm going to talk about that in a minute. Um, 
reminds me a lot about if, if you're a Florida fan and you watch Freddie Swain um, or if you watch Seattle and you watch Freddie Swain. Reminds me of that type of guy, but better, okay? Um, and I thought Swain could have been better in college, but unfortunately, bad coaching. Um, I have been told that he ran a 4-3-9 over the summer uh, at camp. It was a hand time, so we're probably looking at a 4-4-40. Um, but when you watch him, he is the prototypical faster on the field than in shorts, which is insane when he ran a 4-4 in shorts, okay? Um, during the season, he dealt with uh, swelling in his knee a bit, um, so he was constantly kind of dealing with that. Um, phenomenal possession receiver, great on crossers over the middle, but he can break into the house because he has the speed with that size, right? Great hands, yak monster. Um, this season, I will tell you, the quarterback at Jesuit was not the prototypical – he ain't Aaron McLaughlin, I'll tell you that. He's a guy that's you know, was your, your typical, hey, I'm going to run around, I'm going to throw the ball, I'm going to get it where – I'm not going to turn the ball over. I'm going to get it to Junior, who's five yards out, and he's going to do what he needs to do. I'm going to get it to Jaden, who's a little bit out, and he's going to do what he needs to do, right? And that's what you watch, and Jesuit won with that with their defense, who's phenomenal. And I could go on about those if you want to talk about IDP guys. But that team is phenomenal for him, right? Um, the guy, the quarterback wasn't a big deep ball threat. And that's kind of where you saw it. But at the end of the day, you still look at a guy who averaged 22 and a half yards a reception his entire career. You go look every year. It was always that big. And he always hit him, runs great routes. He's a guy... For me, if you ever watch, you know, and again, it's easy for me because I watch so much Florida stuff. Van Jefferson, when you watch him, you can complain about what he does fantasy-wise, point-wise, but you can't complain about how he runs a route. It's perfect, right? The guy knows routes. James Gerard already has that. He runs great routes. He's also fast and very fast. And he's going up to, to Wake. He's going to get an opportunity there. We've seen some of those guys already put up numbers, right? Um, and 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 we're gonna see it. And I think Jaden is that guy, 139th wide receiver. No, not even close. Okay. Is he top 10? No, but 139, absolutely not. And if you're looking at a C to C league, he's gonna be a guy that puts up numbers and ha- and and has that shot there. So a guy that that I that I want on my rosters. Yeah, 139 is graceful. And I mean He's a slot receiver, but let's let's go ahead and take that stereotype out of here. I don't care if you if you excel in the slot. We're getting in a, a game in today's NFL where the slot receiver is one of the most dangerous receivers in all of, in all of football. The way Absolutely. they can be utilized. I mean, and and Jane Gerard is definitely a dangerous weapon. He's fast and agile. You mentioned, I mean, over twenty yards per catch. I mean, when this dude touches the ball, I mean, he's he's stupid fast. He reminds me a lot. I mean, I was watching him, and this is. I'm a little, I'm a little younger, so my players that I comp them to are uh, are a little more my my generation, more <laughs> the uh, the Victor Cruz, Heinz Ward type guys, yeah, that, you know, that work well in the slot, but can also move outside a little bit. That's kind of what he reminds me of. Um, so a, a guy that can catch the ball and immediately break off a 50, 60 yard run. Um, I mean, he he reminds me a lot of Victor Cruz in that aspect. I think Jay Gerard is vastly underrated. Um, I mean, 110. I mean, he might be in like the 30s, 40s. 
he's not 110. I mean, that is that is absolutely One, 139 <laughs> in composite. 139 is a wide receiver. That is that is ridiculous. <laughs> it, 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 like I said, and and Van der Ross is, I think, behind him, and we'll talk about him next week. But these guys, no, but yeah, it, it, I mean, this is this is a good class. It's a really really solid. Really, class. yeah. But he's not 139. No, <laughs> even with his cuts, he's not 139. Um, and 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 like I said, I, and I don't I, and I don't know if maybe some guys don't know. I mean, I don't know. I I live here in Tampa. My, like I said, you know, my my law partner, um, you know, played played at Florida, uh, went to Jesuit. I know these kids. I, I, I've talked to some of the you know the people there. Um, and so to you know, when you got a kid who's clearly running a four four. Um, yeah. You know, at that size, and and on a team that, by the way, beat St. Thomas. Look, go look at their, go look at who they played. I mean, a lot of people don't know if, if you're if you're listening to us and you're outside of Florida, they beat St. Thomas Aquinas on a week's notice. They needed to switch out an opponent. They brought in St. Thomas Aquinas. St. If Thomas you don't Aquinas, know, that's a good team. <laughs> yeah, if you don't know St. Thomas Aquinas, they are literally like typically top ten in the country every year. Jesuit brought in St. Thomas Aquinas on short notice and played St. Thomas Aquinas and beat them. And they, and, and I mean, it was close score, but they beat them. And, and, and it wasn't as close as the score was. And you look at these guys and like I said, Gerard hasn't done it like one year. He did it three years with three different quarterbacks with three different styles. Right. And, and, and he and junior just are phenomenal. And, and they've got a, Running back, who I'm gonna tell you right now, we'll talk about him later. He's gonna be up there too next year because this kid just dominated playoffs. We were, I was just talking to my partner earlier today. I think he ran for 800 something yards in the playoffs. I mean, we're just looking at these like these kids, they, they got it and it, it's coming through. And uh, you know, when you look at IDP, just you guys, IDP guys out there, Todd Bolson, he's on the he's the linebacker there. He will be a top five uh, linebacker next year, and uh, he likes Florida. So let's go throw that out there. <laughs> that's, that's fun. Todd Bowles is a pretty good coach, too. Well, that brings us to the end of our show tonight. It was great being back with you guys. Adam, it was good being back uh, with you doing this podcast with you, man. Why don't you go ahead and tell the people where they can find you on Twitter and what you're doing? You can find me on Twitter at, at ADM Lewis. And uh, you can find all my other stuff on the Discord um, with uh, with the guys on on, on uh, the Debbie Marketplace. Um, I, I had a couple people reach out, ask me about my rankings. Um, I'm gonna be throwing them. I'll still be putting them out on Twitter, you know, here and there about some certain things. But there'll be some things on on Discord that I'm gonna do uh, where we'll have you know some bigger rankings and some other things that we're willing to do. Um, and have them there. But uh, that's where you can find me on Twitter and then uh, where you can find my other stuff. You guys can find me on Twitter at Debbie Matt. You guys can find my um, Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Debbie Database. Uh, make sure you guys check that out. My rankings are on there. We're hitting the ground running um, this year. Got lots of cool stuff that I'm going to be offering on there that you're not going to want to miss. Make sure you check that out. 
Um, as Adam said, make sure you go follow. Um, go join the uh, Devi Marketplace Discord. Lots of people join that. It's a really good time. I mean, it's always popping. You'll never open that app and have somebody not say something. So it's always a good time. Make sure you join that. Um, follow the Devi Marketplace on Twitter. Um, they record uh, once a week. Um, follow Kane Fussell and Shane Hallam on Twitter. Um, always a good time. They always produce good podcasts. Um, excited to be back. We're glad. We're excited to hit the new new year running, have a whole new year of podcasts. Make sure you guys rate and review the podcast. We'd love to keep doing this. Um, have those rate and reviews. That's how we get found on, on the podcast app. So make sure you guys leave those rate and reviews. We might, you might see yourself uh, featured on the show, um, your name featured on the show. If you leave a rate and review, so make sure you guys do that. Um, excited to be back. Glad to be talking football with you guys one, one more time. Excited to see where this new year goes, but until next time, Right, what, 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 one more, one more, one more thing. Sorry to cut you out. That's two weeks in a row. You're going to stop, stop doing that. I, Matt, right before he did it, I just wanted to, to, to put out there because uh, um, we put it out on Twitter and uh, just so everybody knows, um, we, we, you know, we, we, we love Sean McAvoy. He was on, he was on, on the pod before. Um, we love those guys over there. Um, we were able um, to work with Sean and get two quarterbacks um, into Sean's program uh, that would otherwise not be able to get into the, into the program uh, between between Sean, between Sean and us, uh, and, and and get them you know through there. Um, so we did pick them out. Uh, check it out on Twitter. Tom Sean will I'm sure be posting it out later. I'll talk with Sean later. Uh, but we we did have two really really worthy quarterbacks that we just could not um we could we couldn't say no to when we both talked about it so sean and i both uh figured it out and uh and both are and both are going to be um getting in 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 sean's program one in georgia and and one in carolina so it's going to be awesome to to to, to see and 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 get these kids that you know some really good uh programming and 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 help that that you know some people can't afford, and uh, and, the, and it's great to be able to be a part of that. Um, I always wanted to be able to help somebody and, and help give back, and I'm glad that that we, as a as a podcast and, and as a network here, you know, can can help uh, do that. And and we're really glad in my my mind to have guys like Sean McAvoy um, and, and Quincy and everybody else over at QB Collective um, that that are you know. Uh, I'm sorry, QB Takeover. I always screw that up. It's QB Takeover, not QB Collective. Don't ever say that because Sean was going to kill me. Uh, <laughs> but that that we are that we're able to get those guys um, and and to help out somebody else, get them some uh, you know some lessons from some guys that know what the heck they're talking about. So just want to put that out there that uh, that uh, we were able to do that, and, and I'm I'm very glad you know as a podcast we can do that already. Only a couple episodes in, we're already helping out people out, Matt. Yeah, that's what it's all about. So we're excited that we can be able to do that. I'm excited to be able to help all of you guys as well win those titles and just be a be of a help however we can to all of you guys as well. So we're excited to see what the new year brings us, and we will catch you guys next time. <laughs>